Welcome back to the Bleach and Bothered podcast. My name is Layla Halbert, and I'm your hostess with the mostess. And I'm Mama Halbert. I'm back. Well, we're both back. You were here last time we recorded. Well, I wasn't here last week. You could have been here without me, but I wasn't here. But I wasn't, and you know that. I know. <laughs> so we're back. Anyway, um... <laughs> Uh, again, I apologize for not dropping an episode last week. A couple of you were upset, um, but it somebody was, sh- was upset. Yeah, they love us. Wow, it <laughs> makes me happy. Um, yeah, but last week just ended up being kind of crazy. I had a birthday. Lennox had his birthday. Um, and I work full time. So there was just a lot going on and, uh, mom wasn't feeling too good on the day that we normally record, which is usually Tuesday tonight. We're actually recording directly after watching the show. Um, so it's pretty late, but, um, my schedule is changing or changed last week with, my parenting plan, which means my work schedule also changed. All that to say last week was just a little bit crazy. And we just didn't get a chance to record an episode. But honestly, the women tell all was pretty lame. I agree. There wasn't really much to say about it. I didn't want to talk about it because it was Victoria was playing the victim. No surprise. Um, Everyone was picking on Katie, which I thought was really dumb. And also, I didn't really want to look at Chris Harrison's face. That too. And then talk about it later. True. Um, so yeah, there's there's your recap of the women tell all. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're back. Um, I'm I'm another year older. I'm 29 now. My birthday was last Friday. Happy birthday to moi. I'm still the same age. For now. For now. And yeah. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna give you a recap tonight, and it was a pretty good one. Uh, but before we do that, um, welcome if you're new. Thanks for tuning in. If you're here every week, thanks for coming back. And if you haven't gone and subscribed to the podcast, uh, written a review, left a five star rating, shared with your friends, please do all of the above, or at least one or two of the above. Follow the Instagrams. You know the drill. Send us money on Venmo. Send us money. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Set up my own season of The Bachelor where I'm The Bachelorette and you guys all pick random men for me. And we don't need TV. We can just do it in real life. So um, I'm giving you my consent now if anyone wants to take charge of that. I'm Lisa. I'm looking at you. Um. <laughs> and Steve, I'm looking at you. <laughs> oh, you hear that, Lisa? Mama Halbert's coming for your man. <laughs> no, that you are so bad. No, what? you can't help Lisa pick men for I you. I don't know if I trust Steve for that. Sorry, man. I think he has good sense and good judgment. But he doesn't know me well enough to know what I would like. That's even better. He might pick something that you wouldn't pick for yourself that might be good for you. Listen, this isn't a personal shopper for my fucking (laughs) wardrobe, okay? This isn't Stitch Fix for men. No, not exactly. (laughs) Ay, ay, ay. Um, Anyway, (laughs) I don't know where we're going with this. My bothered thing this week uh, is... 
let's see. What is what am I bothered about? So many things. Um I had literally right before we came in the room, I was thinking about it. And now that I'm sitting in front of the microphone, I'm having a complete brain fart. Do you have anything? I'm bothered about commercials, like television commercials. <laughs> honestly. No, honestly, I'm so used to watching shows without commercials because we can record and fast forward. And I've been watching season one and two of Temptation Island. And I had to watch all the commercials and I realized how much that bothered me. Also, by the way, if you are not watching Temptation Island or if you've never seen it, do not sleep on Temptation Island because it is such a good show. It's yeah, like it's terrible. It's a debacle, but it's it, it's a debacle. The back debauchery. Huh? Yeah. Debacle. Yeah, it's a debacle. Debacle. Buckle. Debacle. <laughs> that. What she said. That. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Moving on. That was what I was bothered about. Yeah, that's a pretty uh, trashy show, but also very entertaining. Also, the host of the show, his name is Mark Wahlberg, and he looks exactly like Chris Harrison. So He does. And that's he kind of sounds like him, like the way he talks. Maybe he's trying to. I mean. He's probably not going to be trying much longer, but. On the first and second season. Right. Um, he's He has studied Chris Harrison's work diligently. He's watched every single episode of The Bachelor and Bachelorette. He does give really good advice, though. Shit. I mean, if they're going to replace Chris, might as well make both people happy. Uh, when I say both people, I mean uh, the people who are for firing Chris Harrison and the people who are against it because we get rid of Chris Harrison and we bring in a new guy who looks exactly like him, but he's not him. So I everybody like wins, him right? And also Ryan Seacrest, they're all kind of blend in a lot. Don't disrespect Ryan Seacrest like that. How I'm dare not you? disrespecting him. I'm saying he's kind of has the same style. Well, too. I mean, they're all white in their all they're all white, middle aged and have blonde hair and blue eyes. I mean, what do you want? Yeah. Actually, Ryan Seacrest's eyes are kind of green. I've, I've met him in real life. I feel like he's a little creepy, though. They're all creepy. What do you mean? That's true. Anyway, um, that still didn't remind me of my bothered thing. Honestly, my bothered thing is what happened at the end of this episode. <sighs> but I won't spoil it, even though we've all watched it. So well, let's, let's get going. The beginning. All right, let's get let's get it started. <laughs> I just want you all to know that I had a 16 ounce iced latte with two shots of espresso at 6 p.m. because I knew we were going to be recapping the show right after watching it. So I'm glad I did that. Well, I didn't. So if she goes too long, she's going to finish it alone. That's what she said. He yes. said, she said, they said, who knows? Anyway, so it is a big week. It is fantasy sweet week. And what are you doing? Don't, don't mind me. No, I mind you. <laughs> You're rubbing your under boob sweat. We're trying to record a I'm podcast here. I'm just in pain. Under your boobs? Everywhere. Okay. Anyway, it's fantasy sweet week. And we are left with Michelle, Brie, and she who shall not be named Rach. Rach. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. 
We start off the episode with a preview of Matt and Bree making out and Matt and Michelle making out and Rachel saying she's going insane. She can't do this anymore. Blah, 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 blah. I call bullshit. And then we get into the episode and we see Michelle talking about hometowns and talking about how she feels um, just how she feels about an overnight date with Matt and says she's ready to spend the rest of her life with him and, you know, all the typical things. She's excited to have the uninterrupted time, yada, yada, yada. We love Michelle. Michelle for Bachelorette, please, for the love of God. Um, and then we see Brie kind of talking about her feelings about all of it and how the fantasy suites are a really big deal. And then we see Rachel talking about it and being sad and mopey, blah, 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 whatever. We don't. Well, I think she like had the time. realization that she wasn't the princess that she thought she was. For she a few thought minutes, that anyway. he was going to, you know, stay celibate for her and send everybody home and propose to her. Rip. And didn't go that way. So she was having a little existential crisis. Yes. So. Now we see all the girls together in the room waiting for the first date card to come. And we see Rachel in an in the moment interview talking about how she hopes she gets the first date. And of course, you should never say something like that because then the producers will give you the last date just to see you crumble. And that's pretty much exactly what happened here. So um, Chris Harrison comes in and is just talking about what fantasy suite dates mean and how there's a proposal coming and yada 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 drops off the date card michelle gets the first date and then she starts getting ready um and we pan over to matt at the matteau and we see him pacing around the patio furniture that looks like it's never been sat on and he's talking about, you know, it's kind of a somber mood, I would say. And he's just talking about how, you know, there's some things he needs to figure out uh, to be able to move forward with his relationships and blah, blah, blah. And then we hear a knock on the door and Matt's dad has arrived. Oof. Okay, so... I feel like the the portion of him having the conversation with his dad was kind of the meat of the episode, would you say? I think it was, but it was the whole thing was so bizarre because first well, of all Well, first of all, obviously Matt knows his dad's gonna be there. I feel like in the previews that they showed us for this week, they kind of made it seem like maybe he didn't know his dad was gonna show well, up. Like you said, first of all, we know absolutely nothing about his relationship with his dad, except that they didn't have one. So I was pretty surprised that his dad was there, first of all. Yeah, because he, he, in other like, conversations Wait. we've heard, he made it seem like he, ha he had an absent father he has no relationship with. He's not around. They don't know yeah. each other. So that was weird that his dad walked in and, and it looked like they did have a relationship. Yeah. It didn't look like they had not They kept seen calling him bruh. Yeah, like it looked like his dad was happy to be there and that's that he they did have some sort of relationship. Then Yeah, that felt a little 
misleading. Then Matt just has this bizarre conversation with him. Well, first of all, his dad walks in. They're checking out the place. He's telling him, you know, you've done well for yourself. I'm really proud of you. Yada, yada, yada. I'm so happy for your success. Like he's he's like it's very clear in that moment that his dad thinks that he's there for a very different reason than what Matt yes. thinks he's there for. Well, it seems like or there what Matt wasn't, wants him there, for. there wasn't any unfinished business with them. Like it seems the way he walked in that they have a comfortable relationship with each other. Whatever that means for them. Whatever, unless his dad is just was just faking it. I don't know. But then Matt just goes at him about, you know, how he wasn't there for him and how he I was going through such a roller coaster in this conversation because Matt kind of slowly starts getting into what he wants to talk to his dad about. And you can tell his dad kind of like shifts moods a little bit. And he's like, wait a minute, like. I he thought, was blindsided. I, I thought we were here to talk about your success and, you know, your future and this journey, yada, yada. And Matt kind of like really put him on the spot. I don't think his dad would have agreed to be there if he knew that that's the conversation they would have had. Well, he starts, Matt starts getting pretty intense with him. And I wrote, my notes are such a roller coaster. I wrote down, I was like, geez, I feel really bad for Matt's dad and then his dad started getting really defensive and kind of coming back at him and then I was like wait I don't feel bad for him anymore and then I was like wait actually I do because he clearly didn't know that this was the conversation that was going to be happening he's he knows that this is going to air on national television it was embarrassing and you know it's just I think that it was really immature whether it was well, Matt's decision or a producer's idea or whatever, Matt was the one who made the call to follow through with it at the end of the day. Well, it was it was even weird because there was no context. Like you said, we don't know. This is not the only time this came up in conversation was the same. He didn't have a relationship with his parents and then they weren't together and his mom raised him. So there was no context where he is like, well, I have, we have all- a surface level relationship or yeah. I see him once in a while yeah. or whatever. Nothing. There was nothing like, oh, I have have all these unresolved issues with my dad that I feel like is in keeping me from uh, making a commitment. And so for him to just throw that at his dad there, it just just felt really weird. Like, it felt like Matt had a lot of bitterness and unresolved issues that maybe he should have worked through therapy or maybe had this conversation with his dad. Or at the very least, they could have still had the conversation there, but maybe he could have asked the producers to give them a little privacy to like exactly. work Not out in the, front of the, cameras. The, yeah. the nitty gritty of it instead of doing it all. I mean, you could tell his dad was like sweating bullets. Well, and now so Matt has been in front of the cameras now for weeks, but his dad wasn't. Yeah. And he was completely blindsided by the camera. I don't know. Not it was, to the say, whole thing was very bizarre. Not to say that I don't want anyone to think that we're sitting here making excuses for whatever shitty no. things his dad did or the pain that Matt felt growing up with, you know, a mostly absent father, this and that. But at the same time, it's like at a certain point, Matt's, what, 29, 30, 31, something like that. At a certain point, you can't blame all your problems. Well, he's responsible for his own growth and and getting, 
like I said, this is something that he should have had. If he didn't feel comfortable having that conversation with his father before tonight, it's something that he should have approached with a therapist. But if he wanted to have that conversation with his father, I don't think it was appropriate for him to have in front of the camera. Number one, because he was all over the place with it and he had a lot well, of feelings and Matt was, about it. They were both obviously super emotional, which yeah. on one hand, it was kind of nice to see something in Matt's personality and something more on a deeper level, but it kind of sucked that it was that. Well, and then he brought his mother into the conversation. She wasn't there to yeah, speak well, for and, herself. You know, and his I, dad I, his dad says, you know, like you don't you didn't know what it was like and da da da. Yeah. But then at the but then he gets to the point where you know he kind of says, I'm not here to talk about your mother. Which I appreciate him saying that. But I just think it was very strange that that conversation was had the way it was, without any context, without his father. You know, it would have been different if he told his father, hey, I have been wanting to have this conversation with you, but I haven't felt safe just having with you without maybe the cameras here, or maybe if they had had a therapist there with them. Yeah, Say, some hey, sort of mediator. Matt doesn't feel comfortable approaching you with this, so he thought that this would be a good setting to do it. And do you mind if the cameras are here? Yeah. Because I think he's, no matter what shitty person he was, his privacy was disrespected. Well, and, and I think... I it, think he was entitled seems, to his privacy, even if it was a bad situation. It seems obvious that whatever happened in the past for them, his dad loves him and yeah. cares about him and vice versa. I think Matt, you know, he loves it his sounded dad like too. He, but his dad said, look, I, w I was raised without a father and I didn't know how to be a father, you know? Yeah. I mean, generational trauma is a real thing and... Um, it sounds like Matt is like a first generation. His dad sounds like he was born and raised in Africa. I don't know what, I don't know where in Africa. I don't think he said, but, um, you know, and you know, there's just a lot, there's a lot to unpack there. It was too. a very deep, uh, conversation that had to be had, but not in that setting because number one was heavily edited. Number two, his dad was completely blindsided. Well, and he was number totally three, made out to look like yeah. And number three, the bad guy. They didn't. Even, it was such a superficial conversation about a topic that should have been dealt with, not only in one conversation but maybe several. I don't know. I just felt like it was very bizarre that they did that. I don't understand why Matt, who has been so sensitive to other people and so compassionate, why he decided to approach that way and like i said i it don't almost, know if we even saw the whole conversation it almost felt like based on the conversation they were having with each other how it ended and how all his like producer interviews went after that and how all his conversations with the women went it almost felt like and i don't know if he did if this was his intention but as a viewer watching this all happen who barely knows anything about matt it almost felt like this was his way of getting some sort of revenge on his dad for how hurt he felt by him growing yeah, up or that's something. that's the way it came across. Which, which was, was it so... It felt yucky. It felt so unexpected because, like I said, he has been so compassionate, even with the ladies that did shitty stuff in the house. And he has had such a... Uh, taking the high road that it just felt weird that he felt it was necessary 
to just air all their dirty laundry and put his dad on the spot and and he was i don't know it just came across well, a little aggressive and his, his mom too yeah. you you know talking about how he cheated on her and how this and that and it's like what if his mom doesn't want all that out in the open either you know well and also you know he was a child growing up he doesn't know everything that went on between his dad and his mom because there's always two sides to a story and like i said it was just the whole thing was weird to me yeah i think i think the biggest thing for me is you know you always i feel like you always see things things you always see you're always going to see things through the lens of your own life experience yeah. even when you're viewing other people and you know well the any, thing- oh, let me finish oh. anything between like parents and their adult children i think for us is extra sensitive because of like what's going on in our family that when i see stuff like that that's what i automatically i'm like seeing it through that lens of like it's not fair for you as an adult it's so it's it's fair to and valid to have those feelings and to feel hurt and you know upset about you know however you were raised or your past or your parents shortcomings or whatever but it's not fair for you to continue to put all of the blame on how you were raised and not take any responsibility for how you are as an adult and what you've done to pursue growth and healing that's not somebody else's responsibility and if you're going to rely on the person who hurt you to heal you you're never going to get anywhere well what he said he said i don't feel like i'm ready to make a commitment until i have this conversation with my father but i was thinking so why are are you you doing it right now excuse me so I'm, i'm saying Okay, now I lost my... Well, I was going to say, well, so now after you had the short conversation with your father on national television, now you're ready for a commitment? Like, that doesn't make any sense. If you're not ready for a commitment because of that, you're still not ready. If you haven't resolved issues, go resolve issues. Unless he's setting this up, like he starts to think, I am not ready to get engaged so I'm going to show everybody why I'm not ready. And this is why. So now he, so has he can excuse. has an excuse. That's a that's an interesting theory. Because that's what I'm feeling. I think he's, it's weighing or, really heavily maybe, on him that or, he's not ready for this. He hasn't resolved issues with his parents. He has other things that he needs to work on. And he's now, now it's like becoming real. And he's like, oh, shit. I cannot get married to somebody when I don't feel, when I have commitment issues. Yeah. So maybe he's setting it up like this is not going to end up in an engagement. Or maybe they did all of that and the producers thought well, maybe we'll air this, maybe we won't, depending on how the end of the season turns out. And so this could be a clue into how things end. Or or another theory is that they're just really trying to confuse us and we're totally off base. Yeah, but- I don't know. But that conversation he had with his dad, I'm glad it ended well. And I'm glad that obviously his dad has had some growth in his life. Yeah, he got, well, a, little, it, it he kinda, got a little defensive on the beginning, but who wouldn't? Like, of course, you're there. You're told that you're there for a reason, and all of a sudden, you're getting attacked, and you realize, oh my God, the whole world is gonna see this. Yeah, but he did have the maturity to just he stopped. Stop, he let him finish, and he said, "I'm really sorry. I hurt you." I mean, I feel like his yeah, father he didn't say, wasn't even aware of the extent of the hurt he has 
caused him, which is also interesting because it tells me that Matt never shared with him how hurt he was. You know, when he said, well, he brought me shoes when I wanted pizza with him. No, he said he he would stop by occasionally and bring us shoes or buy us pizza. And he said, I didn't need shoes. I didn't need pizza. I needed a father. Yeah. So maybe his father is not even aware that the way he parent wasn't up to Matt's standards or like he didn't didn't he didn't his father wasn't aware of how much hurt he has caused that's yeah a, that seemed that way i a mean bit. well that's that's kind of i think i didn't write it down word for word but that's kind of what he said he's like why why have you not had this conversation with me before which is fair yeah why haven't you yeah like i thought we were good you were an adult yeah, that's what I, he said because that's what that's the impression i got when he walked in the room i was like wait didn't he say he didn't have he made it sound like he doesn't even talk to his dad that he was mad at him and his dad walked in the room like they did have some kind of relationship yeah. so it was weird well it could that could also be that i bet too that because matt is so close with his mom and he's clearly chosen a side if that's how you want to see it that he knows his mom is going to watch this too and he probably doesn't want his mom to think that he's letting his dad off the hook easy by acting like everything's cool. Well, all that to say that that conversation with his that he had with his dad, number one, I feel like that whatever dad Matt wanted resolved is not something that is going to be resolved in one conversation. And he said that. Number two, it left us with more questions than answers. And it was just really strange. The whole thing to me was very, very strange. Yeah, I mean... Also, if he's so close to his mom, I would have expected his mom to be there, not his dad, which was also... I thought it was strange. Yeah, I mean, it ended okay. It seemed like, you know, they got to a point where his dad told him what he needed to hear. Yeah, and but then it continued to be weird that every time he talked to a girl... Well, we'll get there. Well, let's, yeah. we'll get there. Um, overall, the whole thing was... I don't know. I didn't like it. Yeah, I didn't like it. But either. at the same time, I I appreciated that we've got to finally see something real and something yeah, you know he was some vulnerable a part of his story. But it just sucks that it was that, and also kind of. I this might be a stretch, but it also kind of like reaffirms that kind of stereotype or narrative that you know, black fathers are absent and, you know, this whole thing where it's like it could have gone it could have gone in a totally different direction where it was more of like a redemptive story. But and I think that's kind of what they tried to do towards the end. But I don't know. It just something about it just didn't feel right. Yeah, I agree. So anyway, quite quite the way to start off this episode um, definitely set a weird mood, I felt like, for the rest of the dates and everything um but yeah so we oh we forgot to say that matt did tell his dad that he forgives him and they hug it out and that's kind of when matt says in an interview like you know obviously this isn't all going to be worked out in one conversation but it's a step in the right direction and now i feel like i can go forward and do what i need to do blah 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 whatever so now it's time for Michelle's date, shifting gears. And um, they are, she's walking up to Matt, they're making out. And he tells Michelle that they're going to have a spa day. 
And Michelle just says, I don't care what we're doing as long as I'm with you. I'm like, yes, girl. And they go into this like, he said something about it being like a Dutch spa or something. They walk in. They strange. They, I was picturing them laying, getting massages or something like that. That was just the strangest. They walk spa. into this room and there's like taxidermy everywhere and furs thrown and strewn about. A, what looks like a milk bath. Matt like sticks his finger in it and she's like, Are you going to taste it? He's like, No, I'm not going to taste it. He like sniffs I his wish finger. Had, I would have tasted And they're kind of looking around the room like, uh, And I'm like, these motherfuckers didn't give them instructions. They just send them into this room. It's like, are we, With is a this a spa day? bowl of oatmeal Or are we feet? in a baking class? Like, I'm confused. There's milk, there's butter, there's oatmeal. What do we do <laughs> with this? So they're like, well, I guess we should just get in our bathing suits. Because that seems like a normal thing to do. Rub butter all over each other. Well, first they... After we stick our feet in oatmeal. They stick their feet in the oatmeal and they're squishing around and they're... It's making this horrible Do we even sound. Know if that's what that was for. That's what I'm saying. We have no idea what was going on. There were no instructions. They just left it up to their imagination. And I mean, they had fun with it. Yeah, they made the best of it. Michelle, I kept wondering the whole time: was that milk cold or hot? That bath. I hope it was hot because they were sitting in it together for a while. Yeah. But that whole, it was so funny, but also I was just like, come on, don't do, you guys keep doing Michelle so dirty (laughs) and this time literally dirty. Like last time in the freaking, what was it? Hometown dates, she got bicycles and now you're giving her fucking soggy oatmeal. Like, please don't do our girl Michelle like this. I love her though. She had such a great attitude and she made it really fun and it wasn't awkward They have great chemistry. They're super playful together. I'm so pissed because I just know he's not going to pick her. And the people that are the leads of this show never fucking pick the right person. Ever. Well, at least according to us. Well, I look thought, at the look I at the. I thought Deja was picking the wrong person. They're still together. Okay, there's like maybe five out of forty. Yeah, true. but so like the odds aren't great. So maybe we are right. Okay. Um. Anyway, so they, oh yeah, the part, they're like rubbing each other down with like a pyramid of like room temperature sticks of butter. I'm like, what is this date? Also, that ca- that cannot be good for your skin. It was probably really hard to wash it off. After Coconut oil, so- maybe, but butter? I don't know well, about that. It's Pennsylvania and it's Dutch. I mean, that's, they should have said that's the Amish spa. That's what it looked more like. Yeah. Welcome to your Amish spa where baths are Welcome to your Amish spa where your pies are That's what you sound like. And your bath soak are made of oatmeal. And later on, we're going to get that milk and oatmeal and make cookies <laughs> for dessert. Sick. Can you imagine... Oatmeal cookies with a side of foot. <laughs> it's disgusting. And also swamp ass because they're freaking sitting in this tub. They're not going to let all that butter room. go to waste, honey. They're going to make some cookies afterwards. I'm scared. Bread. I'm so scared. That would have been the best if they like, if Michelle, if Michelle went back with the other girls after their fantasy suite with a plate of cookies. <laughs> 
<laughs> Here, girls, made you some oat milk cookies. <laughs> and then they watch the show back. <laughs> I'm dead. That's, That's something that Queen Victoria would have Quite done. a missed opportunity, if you ask me. <laughs> oh, my God. Prank War Champions. That's a Jersey Shore reference, oh. in case anyone was wondering. Anyway, <laughs> so they get cleaned up. They're sitting, they're talking, and um, they're just talking about, you know, the time that they've spent together. And Matt tells Michelle that her hometown date was the one he felt the most comfortable on and I'm like, well, yeah, of course, because in one you have racist fucking Annie Joe and whatever her dad's <laughs> name is, and then on the other one you have Bree's mom who's absolutely grilling you. I love her, but she's absolutely grilling you, and you have to like deal with a crying newborn. So yeah, duh. Of course, Michelle's hometown date was going to be the most comfortable because it was the most chill, and her parents are angels from heaven, but. Anyway, I thought that was cute, but also that's just them trying to mislead us into thinking that he's going to pick her and it's going to break our hearts when he doesn't. I'm so sad. Um, Anyway, um, they are continuing to talk and Michelle gives this beautiful little speech about how um, she wants to be intentional about not only being in love, but staying in love and what, you know, what are they going to do to to keep the spark alive in their relationship? And um, Matt seems to really love that. And they make out. <laughs> That's all. So then it's the night. Oh, almost dropped my book. Then it's the night portion of their date. And Matt goes into his little spiel about how he had a chance to talk to his dad and he keeps he has literally the exact same conversation about this with all three women where he says, I got a lot of clarity. I'm nothing like my father. I'm not the man that he is. I'm my own person. I'm just like, God, dude, like give it a rest. Yeah, it was a lot. It was I just feel like there was a way that he could have delivered that to where he could say, you know, we've come a long way and we're working on our relationship instead of just harping on the fact that he doesn't want to be anything like his dad and he was a horrible example to him. I'm just like, Jesus, like, if you ever want to actually mend your relationship with your dad, that's definitely not the way to do it. Because if I saw that, I'd be like, the fuck, man. Yeah, and also, like, his dad can't change, you know? It's in the past. He doesn't have a chance to go back and do it again. And, I mean, I didn't get a bad vibe from his dad. I felt like he was trying to do the best he could. And I felt like he wasn't aware that how how strongly. And, I mean, sad to say, I don't, want, I don't know what his situation is with his mom, but did she bring him into... You know how some people get divorced and the parent, one parent end up bringing the children in the middle of their drama. Like, yeah. oh, your father cheated on me and he treated me badly. Yeah. I wonder if that was the situation because... That's kind of what it sounds like. Yeah, because, you know, that was her experience with him and maybe that prevented him from being more involved. 
Yeah. And we yeah, don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. We don't, like know, it, cause, cause, we don't know if she kept him from having more of a relationship with her son. Yeah. Because she could have the power to do that, especially if he's the one that did wrong in the relationship. And we don't know how much influence she had on him on the way he felt about his dad. And I hope I hope that's not the case. But if it is, that's very sad because parents should never bring their children in the middle of what of of their problems, you know? Yeah. So that could yeah, be some of that too, because she seems a little intense. So Well, well we're probably gonna find out more next week. Yeah. But um anyway, so they're sitting there talking about it and Michelle, of course, is just so well She's spoken and smart and just She's easy an to listen to. Delight. A what? An afternoon delight. Do you know what that means? Yes. What? I know what it means. What does it mean? When people have sex in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> I think the context of how you're saying that is not correct, but th- that is what that is. Yeah. Sky on rocket scene flying. No, you're supposed to say afternoon delight. Oh, afternoon delight. Okay. We gotta work on that. <laughs> um I don't know what you're talking about. You've never heard that song? No. Sky rockets in flight. Ba-ba. Afternoon delight. Okay. Oh, no, I never heard that before. And if I did, I probably thought they were saying something else because I can't understand words when people are singing. Okay. Um anyway. Sorry, your mic is getting a little low. You keep going back and forth from being right on it to being too far away. Okay. Pick a spot. Stay there. So, um, yeah. So, Michelle, they're just having a nice little conversation. And Matt brings out the key, you know, if you forgo your individual rooms and stay together as a couple, yada, 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 use this key, that whole spiel. And she's reading the card, and Matt is staring a hole in her face while she reads this key card. And you can tell that this man is ravenous. He has not seen... He's a lover. He has not seen a vulva in weeks, months. And he is ready to go As far as we know. uh, True. He's ready to go to Pound Town. He's ready. And he doesn't blink, not once. And I'm scared. (laughs) I'm scared for Michelle. She can handle it. She's a Gemini. Um, and Michelle says, I love you, Matt. He doesn't say it back. I'm like, say it back, motherfucker. Well, I'm glad he didn't say it back, especially if he's not going to choose her. Okay, well, whatever. Um, so we go back real quick to the girls in the house. And Rachel is talking about how stressed she is. That Matt is spending the night with Michelle. It's because I thought I was so special. And there's other special people here. I'm not the only one. as she's saying all of this stuff, we see... She didn't say that, though. I'm saying that. Her her, uh, interview with the producers is the background music of Matt and Michelle making out on the bed, getting ready to close the door and lock it. Close the deal. Close the deal. Seal the deal. Seal the deal. Um, so you know what I think it'd be really cool if somebody got pregnant on that fantasy. Would suite. it be cool? Yeah. Would it be cool though? <laughs> Especially if it wasn't the person he was stressing. <laughs> okay, that's evil. <laughs> I'm. I'm honestly. I'm surprised Drama. that hasn't happened yet. 
Can you imagine? I mean, it would be pretty... The drama. Dramatic. Yeah, it sure would. So, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Okay, so it's the next morning with Michelle. She tells him... She loves him again, and then he says his famous, thank you for sharing that with me. I'm just like, oh, God, Matt, get a new line, for God's sake. I mean, what else is he supposed to say? I love you, too. But what if he doesn't? Lie. Just kidding. No. (laughs) I know. I'm just upset. So here comes Michelle with her oatmeal cookies and <laughs> no, <laughs> just kidding. Um, and the other girls are not doing okay, specifically Rach. And she, I thought Michelle was very classy in the way that she didn't act like overly, you know, giddy and excited, which I'm sure is probably how she was feeling. Um, and Rachel, every time after, what did you guys do? I'm just like, girl, do you actually, don't ask a question you don't want to know the answer to. Um, so yeah, she just, Michelle doesn't really divulge too many details. She just, she just, um, kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? She kind of just. Uh, reiterates that you know it was really great to have the off-camera time and to have conversations and oh yeah as soon as she said we had lots of conversations you can see Rachel's face just sinking because she's like oh geez I'm actually gonna have to have a conversation now god forbid (laughs) um so Rachel starts crying and all the girls are sitting there it's such an awkward vibe because like obviously they all know they're all about to get one-on-one dates and Rachel is just starting to kind of lose it. And um, we see that, of course, Brie is next. She's like, I'm going to go ahead and get out of here and go get ready for my date. Um, this is awkward. And uh, they made Brie. Not only did they make Brie do a whole ass hike just to get to Matt, but then they strap a backpack on this tiny girl that probably has a fucking dead body in it of some of the freaking souls that Chris Harrison has sucked the life out of and make her hike some more. <laughs> yeah, that was... Laugh at my jokes. Why are you it not... It was not Hello? A fun. Yeah. I knock, was, knock. I'm Anybody home? She was probably really tired. They wanted to wear her off before her fantasy to a suite, which was not cool. Yeah, well, he... He's like, all right, we're going to go hiking. I've got our tents. And she's like, oh, I love the outdoors. And at first I thought she was serious, but she was definitely being sarcastic. Um, And they hike for a while. They get to a spot and they build a fire, put a tent up. They make out in the tent. They've got good banter. That was the most useless hiking I ever saw. Okay, usually if I'm going to hike... There's a reward at the end of that hike, like a beautiful lake that you can only see by going on that hike or a beautiful view, a beautiful mountain or something. The place where they hiked to looks exactly like the place where they began. They could have just put a fire in a tent right where they were without wasting all the energy walking. Yeah. There was nothing there. Yeah. That was just the weirdest weirdest hike I ever saw in my life. Well, it was. I think the whole point was that... Matt was trying to convince her for a minute that that was going to be their fantasy suite date was in this tiny little tent. 
and they were gonna sleep there. She's like, "Wait, we're not sleeping here, are we?" And he's like, "No." And she's like, "Okay, good." Because what the fuck? She's like, "You do crazy things for love." I'm like, "It's almost like well." We don't really have much to talk about, so we're just going to go on a hike and make a whole conversation about how we're going to have a fantasy suite in this tent, which she could have had it all set up right where he was standing waiting for her. She could have just come out the hill and done it right there without the hike, but whatever. Mm-hmm. It was strange. <coughs> Excuse me. I've got a dry throat. Um, so then we see the dinner portion of Brie and Matt's date and Brie is walking up and she is looking bomb in that cute little off the shoulder dress and they sit down and Matt is giving Brie the same exact speech about his dad to Brie that he did to Michelle and the difference here is that Michelle or sorry Brie um, has a similar history with her father um, who wasn't really around for her um, growing up and stuff. And they have, she kind of didn't really say a whole lot, but um, she starts telling Matt about, you know, her relationship or lack thereof with her dad. And she starts getting pretty emotional. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I just feel like, I feel like Brie and Michelle are both so genuine and I believe everything they say and I just feel like they both have a lot of depth and maturity to them like the fact that Brie and Rachel are exactly the same age blows my mind because Brie seems light years ahead of Rachel in maturity and like just life that she's lived um so um yeah so Brie they have a good conversation. They both open up to each other and Brie tells Matt that she's in love with him. Once again, he does not reciprocate, but they do make out. So there's that. Um, he gives her the card. She reads the card. They take the key. They go to the room and she says she makes a comment in an ITM, which is an in the moment interview where she says, I continue to impress myself with how much I've been able to open up to Matt. Um, and that's, I mean, pretty much all we see of that. Of course, we get more scenes of them making out and then they close the door. Class, can you stop picking at yourself? You're distracting me. Sorry, I had a little pimple there. Oh, my God. <sighs> so we see the next morning they're in bed. I think it's very clear. What happened in that bed the night before and probably that morning. I don't know if Matt is going to be able to be in a monogamous relationship. Because my observation, usually after the fantasy, you can kind of tell who they're into and who they're not. You know, it's a little bit obvious with their body language. I mean, this guy was into both of them equally. And I thought, oh, maybe he is not going to choose Rachel after all. But... He's yeah. like that with everyone. Will he be able to be with just one woman, you think? I mean, I don't know. I guess he likes everything we'll see. he sees and he wants to touch everything he sees. Well, so he I don't is know. a man. So True. Um then Bree goes back to the house and before she walks in, uh Rachel says to Michelle, I don't even want to see her. And then that's what, can seriously, you have to stop. You're grossing yeah. me out. Stop it. Oh, it's bothering me. Okay. okay. We'll deal with it later. You're distracting me. 
Back to the girls. Rachel says she doesn't want to see her. Um, I feel like all the girls can like barely look at each other, which is really awkward. Um, and same thing. Brie walks in and she goes, what did you guys do? You know, she doesn't say much. And then it's Rachel's turn for her date. She goes in the other room and she's just sobbing. I'm like, girl, you need to fucking pull your life together. Like, it's really not that deep. I mean, it is, I guess, for them, but. I'm just so sick of seeing her. Do you have anything to say? I agree. Oh, my God. Um. So it's time for her date. She's not doing okay. She's in a bad mood. She's like walking up to Matt super slowly in the ugliest outfit I've ever seen. She requires so much affirmation and she just wants him to tell her she's you obviously are special. You are the one. She's obviously extremely insecure and Matt likes to feel like he's a hero. And that's why I think he yeah. thinks he likes her so much. It's not because she has a great personality. It's because he wants to be a hero. Yeah, maybe she picked up on that. Maybe that's why she plays that game. Yeah. Oh, oh I don't know if you still feel the same way about me. Yeah. Uh, so they're walking to whatever their date is going to be. And it's like pretty silent and awkward. And like you can tell that Matt is picking up the vibe of she feels weird they're going to have this pottery date where they make ceramics, which I was like, if this is my shit, if they would have put me on this date, I would have absolutely loved this. When I was in high school, I took ceramics and I would skip all my other classes and go sneak into the art room and work on ceramics when I was supposed to be in like math or something. Shout out to Mr. Sahagian. Yeah. So they send Michelle on a Dutch spot with no instructions or explanation. Then they sent Brie on a hiking. On a quote-unquote hike. dry hay everywhere. And they give and Rachel uh, a pottery lesson. Yeah, with an instructor and I'm everything. so over. I am so over this shit. I can't even tell you. So they're in the middle of the date. She's got a sour ass I attitude. I was just waiting for that song from Ghost to come on when they were doing the pottery. What song? Um, what is the song? Oh, my love, my darling. The one you sing to Lennox all the time? Yeah, that one. She, she'll sing it and she'll go, oh, my love, or oh, my, and Lennox will go, God. <laughs> <laughs> my Lord. And she goes, oh, my God, Lord. I'm like, oh, my God, you're such a clown. Um... Anyway, so they're in the middle of trying to do this date. She freaking looks like a sourpuss. And she tells Matt that she needs to talk to him and it can't wait. So they stop in the middle of the date. All I'm thinking is this fucking ceramics instructor is probably like, what's going on? Like, I don't want to be in the middle of this. So I was thinking, you guys know that you're not actually there to make any ceramics, right? You're just there to rub mud all over each other and be romantic that was what yeah. the producers were hoping for well they got it eventually yeah. but they go to talk and she just basically complains to him about how you know she's having a really hard time knowing that the other girls are spending the night with him and blah 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 oh so shouldn't that be like a red light for red flag for matt like oh my god is it always gonna be like this with this girl i have to like he wants to be a hero. Yeah. But that's going to get old. It is. So they're talking and then Matt brings up the skydiving date 
Ed says how when he saw her hit the ground, he was thinking about what life would be like without her and he hated it. And then he tells Rachel that he's falling in love with her and she is the only person he has said that to. And I feel sick. I'm like, really? I wonder. (sighs) Yeah, I don't think he's I don't think he said it to any of the other women. Like, I don't think it's something they're just not showing us. I think that. Well, I don't know. It's really hard to know when you're watching a, 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 a something that is being at, is being edited because we really don't know. He could have said it and we just didn't hear it. Like they're, they're leading, like you said, they're leading you to think a certain way, you know? Yeah, I guess so. Um, well, anyway, we don't see... Uh, anything really after that they um well they kind of go back to we their don't see here. oh yeah then they, they go, go to back the to the wheels and they're getting mud all over each other and he carries her out whatever so now it's time yeah, I, I was wondering the whole time where did he carry her out to i don't know the door okay the date's over see you tonight right <laughs> like well big gulps huh see you later <laughs> um Ooh, I tooted, sorry. Um, so we get to the night portion of their date and she walks up in this red dress and she's like being all awkward as she takes it off because he's staring at her and he's like, oh, is that one of the dresses? She's like, yeah, it is from their shopping date. And I'm just like, God, everything about this, everything about them together makes me want to actually throw up. Um, once again, Matt gives Rachel the exact same speech about his dad that he did to the other girls. And the weird part about that that I was just thinking about is that every time he gave that spill to all three of them, they all said, oh, I'm glad he got that resolved and he got clarity. And I'm thinking, uh, no, there was no clarity. There was nothing resolved. And all of a sudden, that little conversation gave them the impression that he got the closure he needed to uh, now make a commitment, which was strange to me. Yeah. So that tells me that they they know as little as we do, obviously. Yeah. But anyway, their conversation was kind of whatever, you know. It's kind of it felt like one of those conversations where there's a lot of words being said, but there's not a lot there. Well, that's the thing. She can just say the sky is blue. And so are my eyes. And he's like, oh, that was so beautiful what you just said. Like, he's not even listening. How prolific. All he was thinking is, I want to take you to bed. That's all. Yeah, he's been thinking much. that from the first time he saw her. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah, they're in their room. They're making out. And surprise, surprise, they get a fucking fireworks show. She's like, oh, my God. I'm just like. Uh, well, the, I hate this. Think about it. The producers knew that she wouldn't have much to say. There wasn't going to be a lot of conversations with her. So they have to fill in the blank with fireworks and distract Matt from the fact that she doesn't have much to offer. That is an excellent point. Excellent observation. I'm not even going to call it a Thank theory because I don't think it's a theory. I think that's just straight facts. You woke up this morning and chose facts. That's right. Anyway. So now it's just time for the rose ceremony. We don't get to see the morning after with Rachel and Matt, which was weird. Yeah, because we saw all the other ones. Oh, what's up with that? Yeah. Yeah. 
Maybe it didn't go as well as they wanted to take it away. <laughs> That's what I was hoping for, that she's a little frigid, and he's like, nah, it's not going to work with you, girl. Uh, well, we'll find well, out she soon. She seemed pretty happy, though, but then again, she's clueless. She wouldn't know reality if he hit her on the face, so I don't know. Yeah. Why? I mean, I don't even know this person. And I don't, like, why this? do we hate yeah. her so much? Well, it's I because mean, of all... I hate her, but... Yeah, well, you, you gotta have someone to kind of bash on a little bit yeah the villain she's not i don't know if i would call her a villain in the season necessarily but it's just because of all the stuff we know about her from outside of filming that's been going on yeah that's right it's she's hard she's a hard person to like for me especially when he has amazing women there like brie and michelle and i just know that he's gonna pick rachel in the end i mean i don't know no but i think he is and it just makes me mad so yeah. anyway, uh, it's time for the rose ceremony and they're walking up one by one and talking to Chris Harrison. Um, Brie is the second one to walk up and I, I was like, who's that? She looks like a completely different person with a side part, um, but chic and stunning as, us- as usual. Um, so they're standing there. Matt just says it's going to be really difficult, blah, blah, blah. Michelle gets the first rose and at that point we know Bree's going home because there's no way he's sending Rachel home um and that's exactly what happened it was interesting though I thought he was gonna give the first rose to Rachel because then we would be going oh which one is gonna go home but the moment he gave it to Michelle it was obvious yeah so Bree and Matt go outside they're sitting on the breakup bench and Bree's crying and uh, they're just kind of talking about it and he's saying it's not anything you did um, you know whatever it's not you boo it's me and Bree says you know you're going to be moving on to someone else and that's what makes this harder um, and you know saying she gave up a lot to be here and I'm like well that was a choice you made sweetheart um and so yeah i gave up a lot but i got all these instagram followers and now i'm never gonna have to work again true mm-hmm. um but i don't know i feel like she genuinely did love him and um i think that she really is heartbroken she'll be okay but um yeah that was sad it was sad to watch i really i've loved i loved Bree since day one so i'm sad to see her go but i'm sure we'll see her back again whether it's in paradise or maybe she gets chosen for bachelorette who knows he probably send her home before michelle because it scares shitless of her mom if he kept her there and then didn't pick her true just <laughs> <laughs> fair her mom is a spitfire um so we get a preview for next week and it's basically just a lot of tears um and matt saying he doesn't know if he can do this we're like we don't know if we can do it matt because this season has been well what i can't wait to find out is after the rose ceremony first of all who's going to be doing it and hosting it and after the final rose yeah we know who it is who is it emmanuel ocho who's that he is the guy that he has a book and he has all these like videos that he put out um, like when the Black Lives Matter movement kind of resurfaced again um, after the murder of George, George Floyd. And he made all these videos um, that were going around called Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man. 
Oh, cool. So he's hosting after the final rose, and then who knows and what's going to happen. And the second thing I'm uh, curious that. to find out is if Math is with whoever he picked, Rachel. <laughs> we will find out next week. That's yeah. next. Do they... They do after the final rose, right because after the finale, right? I'm sure they're gonna bring out if that you didn't guy answer is my question. Host, huh? They do after the final rose, right after the finale, right? Yeah. And if they have this guy as a host, long I'm sure the conversation is gonna come up about. Yeah, it's gonna be good. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's all we got for this week. Uh, and next week, next week is it, and then. We'll be on, well, let's see, a little bit of a break. I think usually Bachelorette is in May, right? I don't know. Something like that. Um, so we'll be on a little bit of a break uh, between this season and the next season of The Bachelorette, whenever that is. Um, so if you guys have anything that you want me to do episodes on in between the seasons, don't be shy. Let me know what you want to hear. Um and yeah, we'll be looking forward to seeing how the finale goes next week. That's it. That's all we got. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, share with your friends, follow the Instagrams. And TGIF, we'll talk to you next Friday. Bye. Bye.